0: Welcome to No Filter, a skincare podcast featuring the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Hosted by myself, Courtney Adams, and me, Griffin Churchwell. On today's episode, we're going to talk to you about what a facial really is. When you go into a medical office, what is a quote unquote medical facial? Versus when you go into a spa and you get a spa facial because there is a difference and let 's just go into a griffin. what is a facial? what do you what would you say a facial is? well the st- I learned
1: in school the standard European facial, which consists of like a deep cleansing. you want to take off any makeup or anything that's on the, the client's skin, some sort of exfoliation, like an enzyme with maybe steam extractions and then typically that fall ends with like some sort of targeted mask treatment
0: very basic lots of massage um i feel like school that's really what you're mastering is just the basic steps of a facial like yes double cleanse you learn to tone you learn to mask and you really don't learn like the deep like insight of how to extract like you might learn how to use an extractor But we really didn't learn how to like lance. We definitely didn't learn milia removal or anything of that nature. So I didn't learn how to really extract until I got into dermatology about two years after I got licensed. Isn't that crazy? Well, that's interesting. I wonder
1: if there's a difference. And I don't see why there'd be a difference in curriculum, but... I feel like we covered like yeah how to like lance properly, how to extract. Um we didn't really cover Melia too much at all. I mean, we Which looked, is but not how to. W-
0: yeah, I mean it's like that's the number one thing you need to learn how to extract in school I think to set you up for success because you get out and everyone gets Melia at some point, you know. Um but so yeah, so you, we let's backtrack. You go to school we are learning the basics of how to basically apply products. You know, you learn the the application process. You learn what products basically are and in what order to apply them in school. So you are just kind of set up with, yeah, the European basic facial. And then you either go into one or two categories when you get out of school. You either go into a spa that is primarily... Um, doing more like relaxing we say when we think spa facial we usually think the word relaxing and when we think medical we usually automatically assume that it's just like a cut and dry you're getting down to the issue and see you later kind of thing
1: yeah I tend to refer and I don't mean it in a negative way but I do tend to refer to spa facials as the flu
0: flu no, oh, love.
1: <laughs> um, they do a lot of massage, which is nice. Like, while your mask is sitting on your face, they'll go and massage your hands or your feet or, you know, maybe your chest and decollete. Um, whereas where I am in a more medical um, area, I, I don't go into all of that. It's more like you said, you're cut and dry. So, it's, I mean, I try and give it some relaxation, but it's not, it is not the same as like what you did at the Omni for sure.
0: Yeah, at Omni, it was more of I would say I did about seven to eight facials a day. They are fifty minutes long. You are out of the room at that fifty-minute mark, and you have ten minutes to flip your room, get the product to the front, make sure that client is satisfied. And you know when you're in a, a hotel setting in corporate, I remember this like timing is every. It's always everything in every facial for sure. Um, but I remember like if you had two friends coming in and they were both getting a facial and corporate world, your doors better open at the exact same time because you don't want one client feeling like they got more than their friend got because they're gonna talk about it. So it, in the medical world, it definitely shifts because it's more like, You know how your doctor runs over with her client? You know what? Like If you run over a little bit, it's because you're working in the medical world. (laughs) Like You kind of have a little bit more of an excuse because you might need to do more extractions because that is the whole reason that they're there. So I think the biggest difference is, yes, relaxation, that word frou-frou. You can definitely get a lot of benefits from facial massage. I'm a huge advocate for facial massage exercising the muscles of the face. But I would say I didn't see as much skin change in the spa world as I do with like medical active ingredients. Yeah. They're great lines. Like I've worked with Vabor, I've worked with Eminence and you know, like these are fantastic lines. They're very expensive too, but I did, I didn't see the results as I would see with like doing a really nice chemical peel or a laser treatment on them. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it really depends on what your focus is. If your focus is on your own vacation, oh, I want the spa facial. I want you, as my esthetician, I want you to rub my feet. Okay. <laughs> and that's what you'll get in the spa world. The esthetician, you might get a foot massage during your facial. During the medical facial, Griffin is not touching your feet.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> Actually, when I worked in this spa, part of our protocol was to do a foot massage. Um, And I always, like, I didn't usually, they didn't, did they provide us gloves or not? I can't remember. But, like, I didn't want to go touch people's feet and then go touch their face. That seemed weird and gross to me. So I just was a rebel and I never did it. And instead of doing a foot massage, I think I just substituted, like, a nice scalp massage. But in the mm-hmm. medical world, you're going to get a lot of times deeper exfoliation. So the products that we can use in back bar, which is kind of back bar is like a term for the products that an esthetician will use during her treatments that aren't available for retail. Typically, um, you can get into deeper exfoliants, maybe even light peels, heavier enzymes, um, extensive extractions, more extractions of milia's, and I mean, they're just typically not as relaxing. Like I don't, the lights are dim and I try and play relaxing music, but you're not in a spa wrap and you're not under covers, all cozied up.
0: And so there's the two extremes. I being on my own, coming from Omni, working in Durham, doing the green beauty, I have figured out a way to kind of like make it all one. So when you come into my room, the lights are off um, you are getting naked because I want you to like, when I leave, I'm like, go ahead and take it all off girlfriend. And then I'm like, you can leave your panties on if you want. (laughs) Most of them are like, I'm not wearing any. And I'm like, okay, you know, do it. The sheets are clean, whatever. Um, but I, I want to set, I'm all about like setting an experience, um, just because I'm blocking out longer time and I am like, I don't want to get a facial without an arm and hand massage. So I make sure that they're coming in for a medical kind of grade facial with all the back bar on those products, but the lights are off. The essential oils are diffusing. The music is very like light. They're going to get massage. I'm, I'm going to do it all. So it's like, I almost just try to figure out a way to combine both. Elements of it. And I think that's kind of made me like kind of set myself apart from other people because it's not so cut and dry, but it's also like, it's like going to the army and getting a medical grade facial, except you're not getting that robe to walk around and get in the sauna afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice?
1: Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I mean, I'm kind of envious you are able, where you are, you're able to kind of combine both of those elements. Whereas at my office, Um, I've got nurse injectors around me. I've got phones ringing. I've got, you know, a lot of my coworkers wear heels, they're clomping up and down the hallway. I can't really, to me, it's not, I can't, I I don't feel like I can really provide that experience because my environment is just, it's just kind of loud. And then, you know, I have this one table and I have to do everything on it from hair removal to resurfacing. So it would be just a lot to set it all up for a fluffy facial and then break it all down for, you know, leg hair removal, you know, so totally, totally, totally cool. You're able to do that. Um, but it, I just, I have thought about it and I just know that my, my environment would not be able to be quiet enough and relaxing enough for me to like really provide that kind of, you know, experience.
0: And I ran into that doing facials in like the medical world too like being in a doctor's office. It definitely is just it when you're walking down like that medical hallway to go get a facial, you know, it's like not really setting that vibe if you're someone that is wanting to go in and actually like shut your mind off. Like with my clients like most of them are there yes for the skin But I would say like maybe 60% of them are there to just check out from reality. You know, some of them just need a hug. And I'm just there to facilitate the hug for that day. Because like I said, social work to aesthetics, it's like therapy, you know. I'm like, what gemstone do I need to place on your heart chakra today during your laser treatment to to zen you? (laughs) I'm like, whatever I have, I will give it to you today. Um, but I, I think that's the biggest difference. I just, you know, there's a lot of disappointment sometimes when people go into a certain environment and they've had a facial in a different environment. And so it's just really important to know what you're getting into before you walk in the doors. So your expectations are met. You're not, you don't want to be disappointed when you come out of a facial. So if you're someone that only gets facials when you're on vacation on the cruise ship or in the Bahamas or wherever you're at, and that person is rubbing you down with oil, and then you go into a doctor's office to get a facial because you saw, you know, that they're running a, a special on hydrofacial and you love hydrofacial, you want to try it out, then you just kind of have to be aware that it's going to feel different. It's not worse, it's not better, it's just a different situation, a different environment. Um, and I just threw the word hydrofacial in there. Because hydrofacial is a facial, but hydrofacial, they say, don't just call it a facial. We have to talk about hydrofacial because we both have one.
1: I know it is, they like to, what they like to call it the smartphone of facials. And when I started at Plastic Surgery Center of Nashville, we didn't have any, I was the, the only esthetician. We didn't have any kind of facial. We had lasers and chemical peels, which are great. And I love to pieces, but let's be frank not everyone has that kind of downtime, but I had known about hydrofacial since like 2009. And I just loved the idea of it. I mean, they basically combined, you know, the effectiveness of, you know, the microderm with a facial. So it's I, I mean, I kind of joke, it's like power washing your face. And I thought for a medical office such as ours, it would be, and it has been the perfect facial to integrate. I don't think my people come in expecting a big spa experience. In fact, a lot of them I know appreciate the fact that they can, come in and they know they're gonna be in and out in about 45 minutes. They're gonna look okay. They can go back to work because I'm more in midtown. So I see a lot of people that work in midtown. They can come. I put some IntelliShade on them at the end. They reapply their lipstick and they're good to go. So hydrofacial has just been it's just such a great facial because if you've had facials and you've been disappointed because like you touched on earlier, you didn't see a lot of changes. That's what impressed me about Hydrofacial when I first demoed it is it's like, boom, instant change.
0: Oh, yeah. You walk out of there and your skin is on fleek, glowy AF. It's just one of those things we talk about, you know, microdermabrasion in our last podcast, how we both like hate it. Um, microdermabrasion is so outdated in the term of like a dry, like, or crystal microdermabrasion because it essentially is creating little tiny tears on the epidermis. And that's just not healthy. And when you really get down into the science of the skin, you want your, your epidermis to be very healthy. You want your barrier to be intact. And so what hydrofacial, let's kind of like back up to the, the science behind hydrofacial They were the first company that actually had like the vacuum, um, like evacuator. So when you were in surgery, all of that, like really nasty, like smoke from like cutting in the flesh, like that, that evacuator is what got the smoke out of surgery rooms to help with like lack of or uh, less contamination and things of that nature. So they were the inventor of vacuum. Okay. So then you kind of like roll around into the technology of the hydrofacial it is a vortex vacuum suction and a lot of people think it's just water going into the pores no it is a lot of different serums like glucosamine and lactic acid is what we cleanse your skin with the hydrofacial if you can tolerate it like you're not pregnant or you're not breastfeeding like it includes a peel on your skin and that peel when you're in a medical world now a Now, spas can have a hydrofacial, but when a hydrofacial is in a medical office, you actually can have really high clinical strength peels that you can add on to it. So Griffin and I both have peels that we can like up the ante on that hydrofacial. It has a lot of different uh, tips that you actually exfoliate the skin with. So unlike microdermabrasion that you have to take off this, this like metal tip and clean it and soak it in a barbicide, we toss our tips and we get a fresh tip three new fresh tips, every single client. So just the the decrease in cross-contamination with the hydrofacial is superior. Then you they have like, what is it? Like in 40 something patents that they own for their technology, the serums. I mean, it's just, when you walk out of there and you're able to literally see your gunky jar and everything that has come out of your skin, like it's a wake-up call. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> that was in my face. Even as an esthetician, when you look at your own gunky jar, you're like, and I do everything right. I know. What? It's crazy. So, yeah.
1: So, you touched on the deep cleanse and then the exfoliation peel, which is customizable. And then, so this is my favorite part of the Hydrofacial to do the extraction. So, it actually, oh, yeah. it's a suction base and it it literally is like a vacuum and it sucks all of the. Like just the congestion out of your pores. Like, so when I was taught to do a facial, I would just go after what I kind of think of as the big guys. You, you don't have all day to extract every single pore on someone's face. Plus, it would be incredibly painful with that little metal extractor tool. But the beauty of hydrofacial to me is that, but with that gentle suction, it just pulls it all out of there and deep cleans it and it's pain free, which is amazing. So, that's my favorite part of the hydrofacial to do. But then actually the next step is my favorite part when I'm getting it, which is that last, the Antiox Hydrating Serum. That's when I would really
0: mm-hmm. see and feel the glow, like right around your eyes. So when you're getting, everyone always says, is it going to be painful? No, it feels like a little, a little fish is just kissing you. And it's like, mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, I don't know how that's going to sound on your, your radio <laughs> on your speakers, but it just, it feels so relaxing and soothing. I mean, you're getting so many antioxidants in that your skin is just glowing. I tell people, if you can go 24 hours without putting on makeup or anything, like just let your pores breathe. They haven't been oxygen, oxygenated like this since you came out of your mother's womb, like (laughs) you're, (laughs) it is just so refreshing. Um, but then you have other companies that are trying to mock the hydrofacial, you know, there's, there is one device. I'll say the name. It used to be the silk peel because there's a few offices around town that have it. Um, but then Allergan, Allergan is who makes Botox. So you get into like a big name company, they bought it out and they just changed the name to like diamond something. It's all the same device. So I think the really sketchy thing about like getting into devices is that you really have to know what the device is, what it can do for your skin, but you also want to make sure you're not being tricked. You don't want to be tricked by a company to say like, This device is amazing when really that device has been around forever. They just put a new name on it because a a company bought it out. There's also like really cheap versions of Hydrofacial. I've seen there's like a abrasion treatment. They call it, is it Hydrofacial? Yes, I've seen that with the O and I don't understand who made
1: that. What's the difference? But it should, brand name Hydrofacial should be H-Y-D-R-A. A. Not, there shouldn't be an O in it.
0: Yeah, so you think hydro because of water, but yes, the trademark hydra facial is with an A. When you see Hydro facial, that is a knockoff version. They don't have the patented technology. I mean, the, the reality is that the hydro facial hydra facial is the most expensive device. I mean, I am the business owner and I'll be straight up. It is the most expensive one. We we did look at the cheaper versions because why not? We're the ones paying for it. And HydroFacial was just superior, even down to the educational part of it. When you have a device, you have to make sure that you have a support team there to help you run it because, yeah, you, you buy a device and then what happens if you have a client that has an adverse reaction to it? Who do you reach out to? You need a clinical support team. So anybody out there that is thinking about purchasing a hydrofacial or some sort of device of that realm, go with the superior company. It is worth it in the end. And just the name alone, you know, that draws in people because everyone has heard of the hydrofacial at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just such an amazing facial. It, that is the one facial though I think can be done. It does not matter what environment you are in. It's going to be amazing. You're going to get the same results because we are all trained pretty much the exact same way. You're following a protocol. Um, it's easy to customize that facial. I usually tell people, well, if you have never had a facial before in your life, start with the hydrofacial. Start with just a good old Express hydrofacial. It's the cheapest one there is. You get all of the great benefits of it. And then you're not out of a shoot shoot ton of money. (laughs) Well,
1: that actually brings up a good point. If you've never had a facial and you're afraid or nervous or unsure, a lot of places offer some sort of express facial. So you can kind of go in, get your feet wet, and kind of see what the facial is about. Also, a lot of times, you know, let's just be honest. For some people, that's more economical. Because facials are typically recommended about... I, ideally every four weeks, but that's not always possible for everyone. So the frequency of, of a facial, I mean, obviously one a year is better than zero a year. I have a lot of people who just come in quarterly for high facials. Um, but
0: and Yeah, because budget, budget plays into it. You know, we don't want to act like we all have money trees in our backyard because if we did, the coronavirus would not be- as big of a deal right now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, and a lot of places too, if you like follow their specials, you can find out about that. And then, I mean, I'm sure you probably do the same thing, but we have packages of Hydrofacials, or if you buy a lot at once, you end up, you know, saving money. So people can buy like bundles and then kind of spread them out throughout the year. So people should always look into things like that. Also, if you have no idea what you're doing. I've never worked anywhere as an esthetician where we charge for consultations. So, most consults with estheticians are going to be complimentary. So, you can come in, get someone to take a good look at your skin, and make a recommendation for a facial or for products or treatments
0: from there. And it's not like you need to be out kicking tires, but just remember that when you go in for a consultation, if you're not vibing with the esthetician or you don't feel honestly, I, I like the word safe. When you go into an office, you should feel at home. You should feel safe and you should feel like you should be able to be vulnerable because you are like, you are laying on their table and you're trusting them. So if you go into an office for a consultation and you're not vibing, it's okay to not book that appointment. You know, I, I like to tell people it's kind of like a first date, you know, you're, you're getting to know the person during that consult. And then if you decide the book, you can, but it's okay to get second opinions. You know, the esthetician that tells you like that, she knows it all and no one else is going to be able to help you. That is someone to be fearful of. Now, if an esthetician is confident, that's a different situation. Like if you come to me for pigmentation or whatever, I might feel confident that I could help you if you want to go talk to Griffin about that same issue, I welcome that too, because more than likely Griffin's going to tell you the exact same thing, but it's, (laughs) Um. but it's just one of those things. Like I think clients, they are timid, you know, they're timid to say how they like really feel or what they're really looking for or what the issue really is that concerns them. And it's just about being your most authentic self, ladies and gentlemen, Just going into the office and treating it like you're meeting your new best friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to do a couple of consults. This is someone you're going to be working with. Make sure you find someone who you feel like is comfortable and comfortable with and you trust them and they kind of just vibe with you I mean it's like when you get a hair person you know you want to feel comfortable with them so do a couple of consults at a few different places I mean I know when I was looking at you know doing breast surgery years ago I think I did like three different consultations because I wanted to meet with a lot of doctors because it's surgery it was a big deal I wanted to feel comfortable with whose hands I was
0: in so totally you know get out there and well, yeah, get oh, I'm sorry. You know, meet with a couple of people. Totally. Um, I have a little bit of advice just for the SDs out there that are listening. Um, Instagram, we all have it. I think that it is so imperative. You know, I, I've had people in the marketing world for probably the last two or three years tell me, you need to have a separate skin account, Courtney. You need to to not put your personal life onto your skin account you know, there's people out there that don't care about one or the other. I don't care what those people say. I am a firm believer you follow your gut in whatever you do in life and hopefully it'll lead you down the right path. But my gut has always told me to just be myself and to be authentic. So my Instagram account is my work. It is my personal life. It is my opinions. It is my husband. It is my dogs. It is everything. And what I have found is that when clients come in to consult with me, they already feel like they know me. And I love that. They have already, they're asking me, how's your garden doing? How's Lugnut, the pit bull? You know, how's that? How long have y'all been married now? You know, the, the best free tool that you have to show who you are is Instagram and these forms of social media. So just get on there and be your authentic self. Like Show them your personal life too. Open it up because the more that they feel like they know you, the more that they're going to feel like they can trust you. And I have felt like Instagram has been the biggest reward in that, that, uh, regard. Yeah, I was a little late to the Instagram game. My work
1: um, wasn't, we, we kind of like danced around it and weren't sure like how we, how we would handle it, how we would do it. Um, so I was a little bit later. But yeah, now that I've had it for a while, and it's really grown, it it is when people come in and like for a consult or something, and they're like, I feel like I know you from your Instagram. And I'm like, you do, like who I am is in Instagram. Mm-hmm breeze is who I am. That's, that's how I talk. You know, this is how I talk. And so you, you do know me and I am, um, what is, I've got, I've forgotten my Enneagram number, but like I'm that, that I'm that investigator one who likes to look into things. I would, whenever I am looking up like a hairstylist or even all my doctors, I have looked at where did they go to school? What are their hobbies? Like I look up and look into everybody. So that's part of the reason why I like to pack a lot of detail into my Instagram is so people can look into that and research it and get to know me to see if they think
0: they're, I'm going to be a good fit for them. Totally, totally, totally. And just remember when you're looking for someone, Instagram is not always what it is. You know, just because someone has 11 to 15, 30,000 followers, it doesn't mean that they are the best esthetician if someone has 200 followers on Instagram, they might be just a 30-year seasoned esthetician that never got into Instagram, but they're the most amazing. So, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but it is a good way to get to know someone if they're putting their self out there. But I think that about wraps it up. We talked about what a medical facial is. You get a lot more heavy actives. Um, You probably get a little bit less massage. Spa facial, you still get... You still get a good facial, but you're probably going to get less extractions, um, less actives, of course, more massage. And yeah, I I think that we try to keep it short today, Griffin. I hope it's shorter than last time. I, I feel like we've covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Awesome. And you guys cannot see Griffin right now, but the whole time she's been moving her mouth, I'm watching her mouth peel like a mother trucker. She did a... a was that, the Reveal? Reveal? It's, it's the Rev Peel. It is a peel.
1: peel for heavy pigmentation. Um, and it's, yes, I am shedding all around my mouth. My face feels so dry and so tight. I am ready. She looks
0: like a ninja turtle. <laughs> I'm just It's not really. <laughs>
1: I know. It looks like I aged myself about 80 years. Um, so my yeah. skin texture looks fantastic. But hey, you know what? Once all this peels off, it's all going to be worth it.
0: Oh, heck yeah. I can already tell. It looks great. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you next time. We love you and make sure that you send us over any topics that you want us to talk about.
1: That's right. If you want to actually get in touch with us, you can find us on our Instagram at no filter skincare podcast, or you can email us at no filter skincare podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We want to thank Kelsey Kopecki for letting us use her music and Damian Churchwell for the sound engineering. Please leave us a review, throw us some stars, and subscribe.